That just seems like an excuse for the state to investigate the home and burden people financially and emotionally, possible innocent people. What about Mr. Smith, who is innocent? And yet you got the state getting involved in his life with his paychecks this time. And, the, and they have to get a lawyer. They have to get a lawyer. Oh, all all and he didn't do anything wrong. Transmitting directly from the launch pad. Bringing blue collar to your cell tower. The rock and roll libertarian himself. It's time to blast off with Johnny Rocket. Hey, this is Blast Off with Johnny Rocket, and I'm here with my ranch truth, Miss Really Lightheart. Yes. It's all happening. It's happening. So, uh, for those of you who do not know, Raylene was having some technical difficulties, but she got them figured out. And uh, again, my internet's great now. I was in your shoes forever, really, like regarding Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. having drop calls, drop signals. And uh, where I was living before, I was limited to what what service I got. Even though it was like in a metropolitan area, I had to go with this one company because they owned the actual internet in that area. I like the private property, the way it was. It was private property. So mm-hmm. I, I was like subjugated to their rules and their internet. And I paid for like the best there was. And I'm like, I'm almost paying what I was, but for like six times the service. Oh, thank you, Phoenix. Yeah. Phoenix. <laughs> awesome. That big, long, flat area. It's really nice, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it's great. Yeah. It's like I was just telling Eric, I have like 30 up where in the past I was like two up. Too. I remember yeah, that. I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I got to turn we, off my Wi-Fi. I, actually, we actually had, it would fall, we would drop calls when we were doing our show exactly. before. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's unbelievable. Anyways, so yeah. Raylene, are you ready for our show? You know I am. Okay, so probably no other public agency leaves victims and advocates more perplexed than the Child Protective Services. On one hand, people think CPS with appreciation as they envision a selfless agency rescuing innocent children from horrific conditions. But how much of this is true? CPS seems to be perpetually marred by the steadfast drumbeat of nightmare stories about CPS emanating from the very family CPS is supposed to serve. Today, we're talking about Mm -hmm. children and the state with Eric Heiler. Eric Heiler is a civil infrastructure engineer by day, and at night, he is Batman. No, and a podcast host at night with Rebel with a cause. He is also the elections chair for the Libertarian Party of Louisiana. Eric also has adopted two children from foster care. Okay, Raylene, prepare for liftoff. Copy that, Johnny. Covers, tie-downs, and grounding cables. Removed as required. Communications connected. Check. Preamps in the green. Check. Cold beer. Double check. Thrusters are hot. Raylene, are you ready to rock? All systems go, Johnny. Let's blast off with Eric Tyler! Quite the introduction. Rock and roll, man. Welcome to the show. Wait till you hear it with explosion. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. That's going to be awesome. (laughs) Eric, man, thank you so much for being here. So before we begin, let's talk about your podcast, Rebel with a Cause, and uh, what are some of the issues and topics you like to talk about on your show, and uh, maybe a little bit about the show and how long you've been doing it. Well, I've been uh, doing it since 2017. Uh, It originally kind of started as I was going to take like a local news story, uh, international story and a national story. 
But since then, I've just kind of will hit on a libertarian topic or some kind of basic uh, libertarian philosophy thing. And of course, I, it, as Raylene knows, because she's been a guest on the show, I do love to have guests. I love the conversational tone and, and you're, you're really uh, easy going. Go with the flow. A yeah, lot less than we are. Yeah, I don't really have like a <laughs> format or anything that I stick to. I just like to keep it to a conversation. I think uh, people like to listen to that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. What are you trying Wait, to say? You guys... What are you trying to say? We have a format. <laughs> our... <laughs> Speaking you... of, Johnny, I have to have a confession with you right now. We were talking about uh, libertarian parents and all that. And I made a totally different set of questions than CPS centered and this the state specifically. Um, mine is more about like libertarian values and parenting. So is it cool, you guys, if we just kind of mix it up and do a little bit of all of it? Uh, no. How do you I, feel, Johnny? I, I, I'm, no, that's not cool. Of course, that's fine. Whatever, because we're kind of cool. go with Thanks, the guys. we're kind of go with the flow ourselves. Throw me into the gladiator pit. I'm ready. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so I'd like to ask a question. Um, what do you think makes libertarian parents different from normie parents, and what is the value in doing things differently? Well, one thing you know, as for myself, you know, I try to um, you know, I try to guide the the kids as much as possible. So, uh, and, and I do see a reaction if I'm taking them out in public somewhere. You know, I'll get down on their level. So that means I might have to take a knee in front of them uh, and you just kind of talk to them like they're just a regular person and say, look, uh, you don't see the other adults in this room acting up this way. Let's uh, mm-hmm. let's try to reset, you know, go from there. And sometimes you'll see the parents and I have even had conversations with uh, people, you know, just walking around the store and it's like, oh, you ought to whip that boy. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> that's going to backfire. So yeah. uh, you might get yeah, CPS so it's, on it's, your ass. Anyways, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, wh- which is it? <laughs> You're yeah, not really uh, doing it. You're about- not doing it. Like a lot of people are just worried because of CPS. I, I, that's what I honestly believe. Oh, yeah. It's not really like they're, you know, because they're really caring parents. They're just like, oh, if I beat my kid in public, I'm going to get the goddamn yeah. state after me. And I think that's mostly. Yeah, but they still lose their temper like they were beating their kids. And they still exactly. actually yeah. have the lack Absolutely. of self-discipline. Yeah. Uh, a yeah. good story mm-hmm. about that was a, uh, my uh, sister-in-law, she turned one time and accidentally elbowed her son like right in the face. Mm-hmm. Oh. You know, because right at that height. Happens yeah, all somebody the time. That Happens to be. That part of it. Yeah. And just said, did you just elbow that child? And you knew what was coming next. Yeah, you know? exactly. And she was like, no, you know, he just kind of walked into me and I turned at the same time as just an accident. He's fine. You know, yeah. but you can always, you never know if someone's like then going to get on the phone and like take down your uh, license plate number and everything. It's, it gets ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. We used to play games with my dad anytime that he would like turn and it was like, don't beat me again. You know, just kind of. <laughs> Because <laughs> we would come in like all road rash from skateboarding and riding bicycles and everything. So, but uh, yeah, we can't make that joke anymore. <laughs> exactly. So, Eric, again, you adopted two children from foster care, which is really cool. And yep. that shows that you have a great heart. You and your family are wanting to make a difference and change a child's life. What exactly is foster care? Because a lot of people just maybe just don't know what foster care is. Is it a state run thing? And how is that system set up and why are children usually in foster care to begin with? Yeah, so uh, Outward Appearance is the uh, the state has set up this uh, organization to help kids out of a bad situation, uh, whether it be from, you know, neglect, abuse, uh, sexual abuse, uh, some kind of drug problem. And you never know. Uh, you just have to get into the little different cases. But here in the state of Louisiana, it's called uh, Department of Children and Family Services. And uh, their main goal is to try and reunify the parents with the kids. And sometimes that can't be done. So like in the cases of my two kids, 
uh, my 10 year old boy, he was actually my wife's cousin, like once removed, uh, some kind of family math like that. And, uh, his, you know, mom was just a, a teen mom you know, dr- drug addicted, you know, would go and steal stuff to pay for the habit and would just leave him and his brother with her grandmother, who was like 85 at the time. Mm-hmm. And no 85 year old should be looking after a six year old and a four year old boy. You know, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm with you. And so she would just leave for days on end and just not come back and pick him up. So it kind of forced him to kind of be the dad to his little brother. And so because of that, there's, you know, a little bit of a strained relationship type mm-hmm. of thing. That's why I don't have his brother too. Uh, he's actually been adopted in another family. Hmm. Yeah. And then my uh, two-year-old, uh, she was born drug exposed. Uh, mom was a heroin and methadone addict. And uh, yeah, so like the, she got taken away like after she was born. Uh-huh. Uh, apparently, you know, she's got sisters and stuff that are with other families right now because of the same thing. So yeah, uh, yeah. it's just getting kids out of a bad situation, but that's the outward appearance. And I think like a lot of this is just mission creep from the drug war. Mm-hmm. So you'll have people's like, oh, well, you know, daddy smoked a joint outside while the kids were inside playing. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously he's a bad dad. Right. And yeah. So a lot of the cases you'll see, it's just, you know, someone was using drugs or cannabis and it started the whole thing. Or like you said, somebody saw someone yelling at their kids a little bit too hard and then the investigation goes from there. And I think uh, DCFS has to show, like any other government agency, you know, they have to justify their budget. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if they have no kids in the foster care system... There's actually then- a whistleblower out right now revealing that there are quotas of how many children need to be taken away. It's not merit-based as in as much as it is dig until you find something and you can take these kids away. Um, and so I'm, exactly. I'm actually following stories like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually excited to see that, that yes, there is most likely a quota. Um, it's starting to make a lot of stories make more sense if it comes down to that, because I've always felt like, yeah, these kids need to be saved and let's take them away. And um, I've always, <laughs> that was one of my, one of my last switches over to being an ANCAP and how that would go. And, you know, um, it's really, everyone wants to save the children, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, if you dig hard enough in anybody's family history, you're going to find something. You if know? you look for dirt, you're going to find dirt. Yeah. And in any case, I mean, people can sit there and just go through things with a fine tooth comb. And even if they find like a tiny little speck, it all of a sudden becomes a big old boulder. Yeah, yep. you know, he's like, oh well, he you know raises his voice when he watches football games. Obviously, he's violent. <laughs> he's violent, unhinged. And well, and and in these days, if you uh, you know, parents that aren't vaccinating can get the CPS called on them by healthcare providers. I mean, this is actually oh, happening where doctors and nurses feel like they believe something so intensely that these parents are endangering their kids and will go and try to get the kids removed because that's neglect. Or that's neglect, Raylene. That's, that's that, what they say. Yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> yeah. I believe in choice. Well, even if you uh, don't take your kids in for a just a regular checkup to see how they're doing, mm-hmm. those are called sometimes you vac- can get a wellness check vaccine. called on you for that. Yeah, wellness check. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why would you take your kid into a doctor when they're well? It makes no sense. Eric, really quick, why did you adopt children? And what has been in your experiences with the adoption process? I mean, obviously, it's Absolutely. a lot of red tape going on. What happened with you personally? Like, did it cost a lot of money? Yeah, for me, uh, I can't have any children of my own. So uh, me and the wife decided, uh, well, if we want kids, then we're going to have to adopt. And then we got onto the like the foster care system. We were even looking at private adoption and everything. And we just said, well, there's kids that need help. And so we went into the foster care system to do that. 
the amount of red tape, uh, there's a lot. Uh, you got to go through background checks. There's an education program you have to do with continuing education after that. Okay. And, and as far as the costs are concerned, I mean, just, you know, getting the kids, you know, to and from doctor's appointments, psychological appointments, mm-hmm. uh, going to the training center, which uh, for us is located in downtown Baton Rouge. Uh, wow. You know, it's it's a lot of drive time, a lot of a lot of doing this and doing that. Luckily, my uh, wife works for a uh, law office, so all of that stuff was pro bono. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But nice. you know, I can't even imagine what the bill would be if he had to charge us hourly. You know, wow, wow, so, crazy dude. Private, it's pretty expensive too, and you're not dealing with kids. You know, that's you know, Mary. mothers you don't want their kids, and they're just putting them up for adoption. There's no abuse or anything else going on there. But I, I couldn't even imagine just on that side how expensive that would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have uh, relatives that adopted, and this is close to 20 years ago for their first child. It was about $50,000 from a child from Asia. So we're we're talking about all the way across the world, and the cheapest adoption and easiest adoption they could do was like almost a year or a year, about a year, and it was 50 grand back then. I mean, and think about it, it's a quite a business. And I, and I just want to congratulate you on being able to tell your children that proven that you chose them and that you have made this contract with them from the very beginning and that it wasn't an accident, it wasn't an oops, and that this is now what I have to do, that you're actually choosing that and getting to teach them uh, what that means and why it's so important and, and applying that to their lives is going to be really cool. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, my uh, my little girl, I mean, she's only ever known us. So, I mean, we got her like three months after she was born. So. Aww. But the uh, the ten year old we got him when he was six and he had already been tossed around the system for a little bit. Um, right. He had like eight other placements before us, and once they found that there was a family connection, they wanted to get him with us. And then uh, you know anytime that um, you know he would not do well in school or something, he before that was a sure sign that he was about to get kicked out of the house and go somewhere else. Mm. So there was a lot of trust building with him, and even now it's. You know, it's it's a lot better than it used to be, but every now and then he'll he'll kind of do the 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 little thing of and it's like, well, I'm going to push a button and I'm going to see how far I can take it. Right. <laughs> I think that's a lot of kids, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. But but in his case, he just wants to see if yeah we're going to get rid of him, and I'm like, no, buddy, we signed paperwork. You know, they know you're here. You're you're ours. <laughs> in kind of a weird way. Here's the thing, though. I noticed that you know they make it so difficult to adopt a kid. I mean, and and CPS will go through the system and they'll try to find, you know, they'll find parents who are horrible people, supposedly. I'm I'm sure there are. I mean, I'm not denying that. But what I'm Mm -hmm. what I'm also going to say is that they go through the process of trying to find you wrong for doing something to your children. But what's to say the new situation they're going into, right? These young kids is not going to be worse than what they have already. You know what I mean? Like, let's just say... And there's lots of examples y- of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's, to me, is kind of an issue. And, and you were saying, Raylene, there's quotas. And again, they're out there, and it's a it, it's a government agency that's there to take away kids because they feel like somebody's mis- you know mistreating the children, whatever reason, uh, not getting vaccines, or they spank them, whatever. But, or smoking weed, and then and then they the child dies in custody of the yes, foster parents. but what about the... Um, Unseen. What about the unseen? What about the worst case scenario where these people are going out there and it could be worse because they are not blood related. And a lot of people have like this thing where if they're not your blood, they may not treat them as well as if they were. 
period. I, I mean, I'm not saying for well, you, Eric. And also the kids that come from foster parents uh, in the foster care, because there is no security, there is no trust, there is nothing but abandonment and scene changing over and over and over and parenting styles, even if you're going from foster home to foster home, these children have no foundation of trust and security. So they are going to act out in ways that are annoying to the foster parents at times where they now they're labeled as problem children. Right. And it's just a cycle that continues over and over again, wouldn't you say, Eric? But there's a lot of issues where people are, I'm not saying, you know, obviously you're an advocate for peaceful parenting, but there are people who, you know, kids get swatted on the butt or spanked or get yelled at. Is that like, is it the end of the world? No. You know, like I was saying to my family, I grew up, I got spanked couple times, once or twice, but guess what? I changed my behavior, you know, me personally. Was it abuse? If you want to technically call it that, maybe it was. My parents were not bad people at all. They're very loving. As much, you know, discipline I got, I got love in return. You know, it was equal amounts. So it wasn't like I'm just getting yelled at constantly. But I'm just saying, like, we're, we're not looking at the thing is, what is the damage if there is a mom who doesn't vaccinate their children, and yet they take them away from their parents, and they put them in this, like, summer school with all these other jerk kids, whatever, you know, like, now they're forced into the system, right? So what do you, what do we do? And like, how do we defeat this? Yeah, you know, I think uh, there's not really good education in this country to begin with. And so mm-hmm. now you got young people getting out there, they think they know what they're doing, but they don't. Mm-hmm. And even in with my son's case, you know, his previous placement, you know, there was four other kids in the house of varying different ages. And he was the, uh, you know, he was always the the kid that was, you know, kind of loud, you know, he's going to talk back because he's, you know, kind of used to doing things on his own. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he would just get thrown from one house to another. <laughs> you know, it was a, it's a terrible thing. And then sometimes he'll open up and talk to me about it a I little love bit. That. And he was, yeah. So it's, yeah, with the whole system, the way that it's set up, especially with the uh, you know quota system, I don't know if Louisiana has that, but you know obviously they have to justify their budget every year, so mm-hmm. that there's probably something like that, if, even if it's not official. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know you talk to some of the the parents when you go to these uh, court case uh, to the court office to do the uh, the termination of parental rights, right? And everything, uh, and you'll you'll talk to them. And in North Baton Rouge, the DCFS they're known as the body snatchers. Okay, uh, you got to get a name that way for a reason. Right. You know, and even if the perception is they're just coming in just to take people's kids away for no reason, uh, you know, that, that can't be everybody. Well, they have to just Obviously. they have to justify their actions. They have to justify right. it. Yeah. And, you know, they'll, they'll make up stories like in Maricopa County here in Arizona. There was a major overhaul on CPS and because they're they became a lot more aggressive since like 2012 because there were like 16 fatalities in the county of neglect and or abuse. However, right. that just seems like an excuse for the state to investigate the home and burden people financially and emotionally, possible innocent people who have done yeah. nothing. You know, they're just living their lives. But now that, you know, it's to me, it seems like it's the state's way of getting into your life and your children's life. Or growing itself. And exactly. Mm-hmm. You have no rights at that moment. You know, like if your kid is, oh, we suspect that Mr. Smith down the street, he's uh, beating their kids. Well, you know, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But at the same time, what about Mr. Smith, who is innocent? And yet you got the state getting involved in his life with his paychecks this time. And and they have to get a lawyer. They have to get a lawyer. And he didn't do anything wrong. I don't know. I'm looking at it like this. I hate to see people who are innocent being bullied around by the state. 
And to me, mm-hmm. you know, again, bad things happen. Bad things do happen to people. And I'm not defending, yep. you know, child abuse or anything like that. But what I'm saying is I would rather not have people coming into my home investigating. We know people who have beat, you know, have abusive kids. I've seen abusive kids. You're like, that guy's abusive. You can just tell. Yeah. But there's a lot of innocent people, man, who are getting and the system isn't. And here's the thing. My question to you, I'm just going to cut to the quick here. What happens if they're wrong? What happens if they're wrong? Well, uh, hopefully there's some kind of investigation to go. And and uh, usually the uh, juvenile uh, justice court, the judges there that I've seen, they can kind of sniff through some BS. Uh, so if they just know that, okay, well, you know, mom smokes a J after work every day. Um, she normally, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So normally uh, after, uh, you know, going through the whole process and everything, they kind of say, OK, well, you know, marijuana is not completely legal here in Louisiana. We just got medical. Uh, we can probably send her through some kind of rehab program and maybe she can get her kids back. But, you know, like you said, the unseen, you know, now mom's having to take time off of her work. And usually it's probably not going to be a very high paying job that's going to allow for a lot of uh, vacation time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's got to go down to court, which is, you know. Right next to the Baton Rouge airport, mm-hmm. you know, well, and uh, yeah, and you can look at it like even this. in some of the other, yeah, and it, yeah, even in some of the other parishes, you know, you got to go to somewhere to, to go mm-hmm. do this. You're taking a lot of time. That's a lot of work missed and everything else. But maybe her smoking mm-hmm. that goddamn J prevented her from beating the piss out of that kid. I'm just saying. Probably. I'm just to saying. To be honest, that's the science of you it. Know what I would I mean? just tell you that right now. Maybe so, chilled out. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Most and she probably does it so she won't beat her kids. And you know what? Good for her. I, I any alternative methods that benefit society is awesome. Thank you, everybody that does things that help you be a better person on whatever level, as long as you're not harming anyone else or neglecting them. You know. Um, but uh, as uh, so myself, I actually also practice a lot of peaceful parenting techniques, and and I incorporate a lot of those ideas in my own parenting style, um, and which has evolved quite a bit from my first two, which I was a lot more authoritative. Uh, with um, because that's how I was raised, and and I think that most people raise their children similarly uh, with the tools that they had growing up. Also, you know, and I'm sure you agree. But I've noticed there's a huge disconnect between what people think of when they hear hear the word discipline and what it means to actually be disciplined as a parent. And when you're talking about your kids, and and especially kids that were raised in. Um, your son being raised in a place where he didn't feel secure and, and trust and because he was moving around so much. I can imagine that you would have to be very disciplined to build that trust with him. So do you find it easier for libertarians to challenge certain ideas and tactics of earlier generations in their own parenting styles? Yeah. I mean, uh, in my case, you know, I was abused by my dad. I mean, there was no bones about it. We got physically abused, Mm -hmm. emotionally, psychologically abused the whole nine yards. Mm -hmm. And so that creates a cycle. And I have to recognize, I have to recognize that within myself, uh, you know, when he's doing his little button pushing, like any other little kid is going to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then there's sometimes where I just got to say, Hey buddy, let's take a moment. You know, we'll retreat to our corners because I got to go calm down. Yep. Yes. Because yes. if I stay in the room, I'm going to start yelling and I may do something I might regret. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, 
And so a, a lot of times when I hear, you know, especially living down here in the South, we get that whole uh, Bible verse, you know, spare the rod, spoil the child and everything. But they right. seem to miss that part of, well, the rod was the shepherd's crook. You're, you're guiding your sheep. You're not beating the sheep. You're guiding them. Mm-hmm. Right. I agree. Yeah. So that I take that to, uh, to heart a little bit. You know, I want to sit down and actually talk to him like he's an adult, you know, even though he may not get every concept. And guess what, parents, you're going to repeat yourself a lot with kids <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? and different ways. And you're always trying to find adapt to the style of your child, right? Of how they learn and what matters to them. So like when you're doing that with him, what free market principles do you bring to your relationship and, or do you do that? Do you ever apply free market principles in your social interactions with your kids? Uh, I do. Uh, and I'm going to make a confession. I <laughs> hate Fortnite. I wish that that scourge <laughs> yeah, would leave this planet for all time. Uh, and he's got a very, very low time preference. Like if something new happens on Fortnite, he wants to spend his allowance on it immediately. And I've, I've been trying to say, you know, let's, let's try to save a little bit. You know, maybe there might be something else later on that you might want to get. You know, and he mm-hmm. keeps uh, telling me, he was like, well, you know, the PlayStation 5 is going to come out. And I was like, with the amount of money you have spent on Fortnite, you could bought your own PlayStation 5. That's true. That's <laughs> right. true. Yeah. Right. And he doesn't believe me. So I'll show him the bank statements and I'll add it all up for him. I said, see, that's about $400 in this last year. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that's awesome. That's crazy, man. And, you know, you can also start um, nego- renegotiating the contract with the allowance, you know. You can. Yeah, so there's a lot of that. And we've got a thing now where it's like he's going to hold off like $5 out of his allowance every week to go into a, a savings. So we don't, we don't let him spend all of his money. Ground control to Johnny Rocket. Ground control to Johnny Rocket. Oh, man. Soccer mom Cindy is so pissed that you played her voicemail on the last show with Ron Paul. That's hilarious. What a bitch. Well, I guess she thought she would be clever, so she sent you a nasty email last night. I suppose she figured that we couldn't play an email on the show. Nice try. I took the transcript and threw it through the computer processor and created a computer-generated voice recording of it. I hope you enjoy. Dear Johnny, I listened to your Ron Paul episode and I heard that you played my voicemail on the show. I'm honestly speechless. How dare you? How can you be so rude? And another thing. How could you have that monster Ron Paul on your show to begin with? I can't believe you're giving him a platform. Ron Paul is a loony. Johnny, don't you know if he had his way? Kids would be shooting up on heroin in first grade. We would be having a civil war. Electricity would be gone. People would be building nukes in their basements. And McDonald's would be ruling everything. Capitalism doesn't work, Johnny. Even you should have figured that out by now. Ron Paul is so 2000. In case you haven't checked, it's 2019. Johnny. Freedom just doesn't work anymore in the modern world. So I suggest you get a clue and just grow up already. If we're going to have a society, we need to have rules. And as a mother, I will not stand for hooligans like you endangering the future of American children. Get a grip already. Oh, and I better not hear you playing more of my voicemails on your silly little blast-off show. I will sue you for defamation, Johnny. Don't test me. I will sue. Goodbye, Cindy. libertarians make the case to the average person like soccer mom Cindy that the state shouldn't be in charge of our kids and if Mm. somebody could explain to me you know a possible effective way to privatize it uh, is there a way to privatize CPS in a free society because I don't know 
I think that's a little more difficult because, I mean, we could, we would have a, yeah. a private law society, right? We could look at that. But at what point, you know, like children are going to be abused. I mean, there's no doubt about it. It's just human nature. People yeah. are going to get angry. Yeah. Dad's going to get drunk. He's going to get rough with the young one. And, you know, next thing you know, kid's in the hospital. At what point, like, what do we do? Like, yeah, we have to defend these children. I think there is a need for that. Uh, absolutely. But at the same time, you know, the state isn't necessarily doesn't have a good track record in doing things effectively or efficiently. Oh, no. yeah. So what do, what do you suggest that we do? Um, and you know, I don't know, man. I, I just don't know. Yeah, uh, I think kids are so important that leaving them to the government, it's going to be a bad idea. Private CPS. Yeah, it could possibly work. Uh, we're not in Ancapistan, Libertopia just yet. Uh, and I think by that time, non-aggression principle, property rights and all that, that's going to be common parlance. So, you know, the likelihood of someone being abused uh, may go down. And by that time, people's family members are going to be a little more involved in their family. So you may have an aunt and uncle that are going to look and see, oh, well, the kid showed up with a new bruise on his cheek this week. Mm -hmm. um, no, that's right. You know, maybe that's they true. can sit down and talk with their brother or their sister to find out what's going on. I was like, is he falling off his bike? What's going on? Yeah, here? he keeps and, falling off you know, his bike. I would want to keep it yeah. all in-house and have the family deal with it. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, if I look over across the street and my neighbor has taken a steel rod to the back end of his kid because mm -hmm. he wasn't listening to him or didn't clean up his room, I, I'm going to run over there and stop it. I know? agree. Good. I, I think so. Yeah, so. I think so. And, you know, again, he has the right to kick you off after you kick his ass. Um, yeah. you know, but at the same time, <laughs> private property, but at the same time, yeah. you know, I'm all about, you know, yeah, we need to do something. I just don't think that the state is capable or effective at doing it. And so I think if we can come up with some great ideas, I mean, I think Walter Block has talked about this, but again, it's an mm -hmm. issue that we don't normally don't go into. I don't think that yeah. a lot of libertarians have actually thought about a private system in regards to protecting children. Uh, and I'm sure yeah. it would exist. I'm sure. I, Raylene, what do you think? I don't know. Well, I mean, I've read a ton from like Rothbard and Hoppe and regarding property rights and children. And I highly recommend it to those who want to nerd out on this stuff. Like, look into it. It's good stuff to read and, and hypothesize and, and roll around those concepts. Um, when exactly do you believe children own themselves? And what exactly is the role of the parents? I mean, there's a different few different schools of thought. Mm -hmm. Do they own their children and therefore should take care of them? Or do you believe that they're a guide and they are the closest to them? genetically because they made them so the children are themselves but they are the stewards and then and do you believe that there's an implicit contract between moms dads and kids is what it comes down to right yeah i mean for me it's uh you know my 10 year old he he's smart enough i mean he could talk the pants off of anybody really i mean he's, <laughs> he's either going to be the world's best car salesman or the world's worst politician uh just, <laughs> there you just, go <laughs> I mean, he, he's he's a good talker. So at this point, you know, he's definitely he owns himself. Right. Yeah. Yes. And he's 10. You know, there are other children at 10 years old that, man, no, no. Absolutely. <laughs> You're not, not exactly mature yet. Exactly. Uh, but he can tell me what he wants. You know, uh, it, he can tell me what he likes and what he doesn't like. So at that point, he's making rational thought. Uh, and yeah, he's 10 years old. He might be a little bit too young to go out and buy a car, or, you know, enter into a contract or whatever. But I want to set up that situation to where, you know, he's coming to me for advice or he's going to my wife for advice or even, well, right. you know, somebody else. You, you, you know? establish those bonds early 
And I, I think you're right. Make sure you check out America's fastest growing number one pro liberty radio program, Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live is on how many nights a week? Really? Seven nights a week. Okay, on 190 plus radio stations, coast to coast, and it's pro liberty every issue, every time. So check out freetalklive.com. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Anyways, oh, this is Johnny Goddamn Rocket. Launching ideas. We'll be right back with Mr. Eric Heiler. So rock and roll. We'll be right back. Hey, Johnny, what's up? That's so good. I haven't had any coffee this morning, and I ran out of my supply, and we just passed the last habitable planet in the Mesian sector. Oh, man. Wait, you have your own secret stash of coffee? What is it, a special blend or something? It's not a secret stash. I just have standards, okay? Oh, okay. Wait, what are they? Independence. What? Independence. Hmm, okay. Independence, my coffee is fearlessly independent. My coffee has no board members, no bank loans, no bullshit. Just blood, sweat, and tears, and no goddamn rulers. <laughs> well, I can always get behind independence, you know that, but it just seems a little over the top. It's just coffee. So, are you saying that you like your coffee like our messaging, which is bold? Damn, really. My coffee is my lifeblood. This coffee <laughs> believes that human beings are perfectly capable of rational self government, and I can't fly this fucking ship without okay, it. Okay, okay, calm down. Uh, oh, look, ground control's coming by. Oh, and Ben has coffee with him. Hey guys, Ground Control here. I just checked out AnarchoCoffee.com and they're having a special 10% off promotional discount for Blastoff supporters. On top of that, supporters get 15% off on our Blastoff brew. Anarcho Coffee will deliver to you no matter where you are in the galaxy. You guys want some? Here you go, Johnny. I heard this coffee is amazing. <sighs> okay. All right. This is the best coffee I have ever had. Wait, what about your special blend? I think I just found it. Wow. Well, and it says right here that Anarcho Coffee is organically farmed, it's ethically sourced, and roast to order. And it's not stored in some dirty warehouse for six months before you get it. It's fresh, it's rich, and it's independent. <laughs> Just like you want it. And they take Bitcoin, too. Well, make sure you check out anarchocoffee.com forward slash blastoff. Again, that's anarchocoffee.com forward slash blastoff. It's self-governed caffeine. so much fun talking about kidnapping kids yeah hell yeah here we go let's kidnap some kids that sounds good anyways though johnny rocket here with eric heiler dude thanks so much for being here man and again uh you're the host of rebel with a cause podcast and you can find that at itunes stitcher i know I, i have it on itunes is it on Stitcher also? Yeah, pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast, uh, you can get it there. I've been trying to get it on Pandora because they just had a podcast uh, release thing, mm-hmm. but their cool. entry thing is is kind of brutal. <laughs> yeah, you have to like pay a lot of money, pay to play, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, like Overcast, Breaker, uh, Anchor.fm. That's where it's hosted at. You can always get it on there. They have an app too. So yeah, anywhere you can get in pod podcasts, yeah, you can get it. Yeah, Anchor.fm is a great, great system to use. A great app to use. It's free. Yeah. 
and it's ridiculously yep. easy to use, right? Because we yep. all do the same ad. We yeah, all do. Everyone does, the same everyone does the same goddamn <laughs> thing. Okay, so what we do here on the second segment, it's called Rocket Fire, sir. What we do on Rocket Fire is I'm going to ask you a series of 10 questions. These questions will be politically related. And if you can answer these questions between 30 to 60 seconds, that'd be badass. Eric Heiler, are you ready to play Rocket Fire? Uh, my body is willing. All right, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Question one. What is your views on spanking? Is spanking inherently immoral? And is there ever a reason to strike or swat a child's behind? Uh, myself, I am not for spanking. Uh, however, if a kid is reaching for an open flame, yeah, I might smack your hand away. Mm-hmm. Is it harmful? It can be because now you're proving that this giant person can just hit you whenever they want to get you to do something. So, yeah, try to stay away from it as much as possible. Okay, man. Question two. Should we give robots the right to kill in self-defense? And you're probably wondering, like, like, where did this come from? I don't know. I'm just (laughs) right. All right. right. So, uh, like a robot protecting himself? Yeah. Itself? Okay. Um, self-preservation might be part of it, but if it's my property, I would want the robot to respect my property first. You know, if I have like a sentry robot that's going to patrol my property, Mm -hmm. maybe. And if it gets fired upon, it could fire back. I don't know. There you go. That one might be a question for Asimov. That's a tough one. That is a tough one. That is. All right, question three. Should we let synthetic life forms loose in nature, i.e. like genetically modifying the E. coli virus? And who is responsible? Is it the creator? Yeah, so there's going to be a bunch of uh, unintended consequences whenever you start with the genome of anything. Mm-hmm. And it, it could be something as small as a microbe or even a multicellular being. There might be some kind of unintended consequences. If we find out that that happened, then, yeah, you're going to have to ultimately go back to the person who did that genetic programming, and they would have to be held responsible. Right on, man. All right. Question four. What do you think the differences are between libertarianism and progressivism. <laughs> uh, libertarianism, no war. Progressivism, war in the name of protecting others. Yeah, that's probably one of the ma- major differences I can find just right offhand. All right, cool. Question five. What are some signs and symptoms of child neglect or abuse? Signs and symptoms of child neglect or abuse. Okay, so uh, abuse, they're going to be shy around adults. Neglect, they may get a little mouthy with adults because they know that they they have to take care of themselves. Not necessarily in every case, uh, but yeah, that's two of the big ones that you got to look for. Okay, cool. Question six. What is your ideas on immigration? What is wrong with immigration now and what ideas would you like to see be implemented? Immigration, uh, like any other government program agency, it's run completely ass backwards as the way it should be. Uh, Immigration should be just so easy, even if in our dream utopia that they want, I would see immigration as like a form you fill out. You maybe have to pay some money and then you come into into the country. And sure, maybe there's a background check to go along with that. Uh, ultimately, I, I I like to side on the uh, let people move around to wherever they want to move to. And if something happens, something happens. That's the that's the part that I got to look out for is the property rights. There you go. Question seven. You're going to like this one. Should we colonize other planets? And if so, what are some of the issues you could foresee from doing that? Colonizing other planets. Uh, If you can afford to move yourself to another planet and you want to stake that claim, go for it. Uh, Would I do it? No, not necessarily. That's kind of a that's kind of like an Elon Musk type of thing. But yeah, should we be colonizing other planets or asteroids to mine them? Sure. It's you know a big universe. We can all fit. Okay. Cool. 
Question A. Do you think assisting the suicide of someone who wants to die and has requested help is morally equivalent to allowing them to die by withholding medical assistance, assuming that the level of suffering turns out to be identical in both cases? Hmm. So like someone's got terminal cancer and they don't want to go through the process of trying to cure it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that, that one's going to be a tough one. Um, if it's myself, I have a do not resuscitate order uh, put in place. So I can kind of understand uh, the, the feelings behind it. Uh, I would want that person to to try at least. But, you know, it's the, their body, their choice ultimately. Um, but do I think assisted suicide should be a crime? Eh, I mean, that's a, that's one of those iffy areas. It, it, I'd have to look into it a lot more. To, to form a more, you know, definite opinion of it. <laughs> right on, man. Question nine. How many rays shine? See what I did there? How many rays <laughs> shine from the Statue of Liberty's crown? Bling, bling, bling. Uh, let's see. Um, let's see. That's uh, seven for the seven seas, I think. Seven continents. Seven continents. Okay. Very okay. good. What? Yeah. 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 Very good. Yeah. I'm surprised yeah. you knew that. All right. Yeah, public school is not completely a waste. <laughs> okay. I never learned that, guys. Okay, go on. All right. Question 10. What will be the biggest changes you think we'll see in the future of our world? Uh, probably one of the biggest changes, because we're already starting to see it now, is that there's quite a lot more uh, libertarian or liberty-leaning people around than there was 20 years ago. I, I think big things are going to happen once that 10% of the population starts getting wise to to governments all over the world, not just the U.S. government. Uh, and I think there'll probably be a big change coming with that. Right on, man. And the bonus question. Oh, good. You ready bonus. for this one? This is fun. Go for it. If raising the minimum wage is good for the poor, why not raise it to $20 an hour or even $100 an hour? Why? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the minimum wage, uh, when it was first introduced, was racist. You had to get those black people out of the, uh, the workforce because you had to have good white people uh, only working jobs. Um, and it's no different today. It hurts people that it's intended to help. And But uh, unfortunately, uh, the government has done its really good job of propagandizing to people and saying, look how we're helping you with this raise a minimum wage. Oh, I'm sorry your hours have been cut back and that you've lost your job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why not make it $1,000 an hour? Just make a new zero. You know, my pay will go up regardless. Exactly. So. And that's our goodbye. Give it up for Eric Tyler. Johnny Rocket, always launching ideas. We're talking about children and the state with Eric Heiler and Miss Raylene Lightheart. We're going to be right back after this quick commercial break. Rock and roll. Hey, listener, chances are some of you are business owners, entrepreneurs, or have a product that you're dying to bring to market. Well, there's something that you all have in common. You need a killer brand, website, and an all-around awesome design to stand out from your competition. Well, I have the solution for you. Invisible Hand Design. We've trusted them with Launchpad Media, Blast Off Branding, Liberty Force, and even my wife's presidential campaign website. They do not disappoint. Yeah, didn't they also do the branding for McAfee in 2016? Damn straight. So if your company's image could use a hand, go ahead and reach out to them. Right. They're even offering Blast Off listeners a 20% discount on their first project. Book your conversation with them at InvisibleHandDesign.com forward slash blast off oh hell yeah and we can even do one better if you work with them we'll feature the project all over our social media page to give you a launch and a little extra rocket fuel in your engine anyway so that is invisiblehanddesign.com 
forward slash blast off again, invisiblehanddesign.com forward slash blast off. This is Johnny Rocket, always launching ideas in your direction. Hey, this is Blast Off with Johnny Rocket, and I'm here with my ranger, Miss Riley Lightheart. Actually, I'm doing golf club. Oh, hi. Hi. Hey, guys. How you doing, Ray? Hi. Okay, so we're talking to Eric Eiler. Dude, seriously, good job on the rocket fire. And again, Thank you. We're, we're here in this position now where we care about kids. I mean, everyone does. I think everyone deep down has an appreciation for children because did you hear that children are our future? Yes. Teach them well. Every and, single day. And let them lead the way. Uh, Show them yeah, the beauty I, they possess. I know possesses. the song that you're referencing because I was forced to learn it when I was first learning how to play guitar. Yeah. But I mean, this is what it is. I mean, but it really is about kids, and we got to protect the children. But, again, we're talking about CPS, the state, the government, why they need to be involved in this. I think it's bullshit. I think there's alternate ways that we can be creative and get them out of it. And, uh, Raylene, you take it away. So I actually agree that we should save our children, and, and I'm a huge proponent of teaching them self-ownership at a very young age, understanding the accountability and responsibility, what the burden of that is, what the benefits of that are, and, and the moral righteousness of consent. And I'm I'm just going to ask you, when do you start teaching your kids about consent? How do you apply it? How capable are they of understanding that? Um, I'm teaching my uh, two-year-old that right now. Uh, mm-hmm. She spends time in a daycare during the day. And uh, so sometimes she'll tell me, you know, the boys are playing rough. And I was like, well, you know, if they're hitting you, is it on purpose or is it an accident? Uh, and, you know, sometimes it's accident. Sometimes it's on purpose. Uh, she yeah. has a little boy that she likes to, to roughhouse with. And so and I was like, well, do we all say we're sorry? You know, we're trying to build that thing right there. You know, if you don't want to be hit, you need to go away from him. You know, that that kind of thing. But, um, right. yeah, you know, she's too. Uh, she's kind of sort of getting it. Um, and so right now we're working on the, uh, you know, when it's time to go to bed, it's time to go to bed. It's not time right. to run around the house. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, as far as con- as far as consent is going, you know, I'll, we'll do the whole thing. I was like, are you hungry? Do you want this or do you want that? You know, we're trying right. to get the... The idea is like, you know, when adults ask you a question, try to answer it. Yep. And so and, the, and how, it's just going to communicate. Right. And and why the what the value in communicating is, how you get your needs met, how to package your questions or requests in a way that will make people want to do them for you. I mean, it starts very young, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's never too young to start it, uh, you know, and right about that time, their mind is a sponge anyway. So they're just going to soak up whatever information you're going to give them. So a little, little bit harder for the 10 year old because, you know, there's impulse control issues, but uh. right. They've already established behavior, right? Right. So, you know, you got to do it. They already decided thing. they were the boss early yeah, on. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Eric, what are some, you know, if, if somebody's thinking about adopting a kid, right, which is a great, great thing. I, I think that's awesome because there's a lot of children out there who don't have homes and, Again, let's get them out of the goddamn state, right? Let's get them out of foster care. Let's adopt these kids because I think it's a good thing. If you have money, you have the time. And again, we've complained that it's just too expensive to adopt a kid. And obviously, I'm a horrible example of a father because I swear all the time. But what are some of the issues faced by adoptive families like as you? And what are some of the strategies you've picked up and learned to help your children cope with the you know transition out of being a, in a, in a foster home into your home, I know that you're going to have some issues. What are some of the things you've learned? 
Yeah, with the with dealing with the the foster care system, you know, there was always that chance that you know maybe the parents were going to work their plan, and you know you'll have to see that kid you know leave your life and go back to to living with their parents, and with you know with the baby and everything. Uh, my wife was going to have a really hard time if the uh, if the biological mom was just going to get her act together and get the kid back, you know, because at that at that point, you know, you're going to, you know, I was like trying to tell her the whole time. I was like, now you have to be ready in that eventuality that you're going to have to give this kid back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's going to hurt. That's going to sting, you know, and then just just trying to to roll with the punches as much as possible, especially when you're dealing with foster care kids, because, you know, you're going to meet at a lawyer's office. You're going to go down to the uh, CPS or DCFS uh, center for visits with the biological parents, and it's going to tear you apart. Um, So you're just going to have to, you know, grow a little bit of a thick skin about it. And especially when you're dealing with the legal system, you know, you're going to have to understand that things may get out of your control pretty quickly, especially, you know, parents are starting to do their thing. And, you know, they're going to get their kids back. And you may disagree with that the entire way, but ultimately I, you get kind of put in a, a, a sore spot where you have to be mom's cheerleader mm-hmm. so that she can get her kids back. And then the other time it's like, you know, you really haven't demonstrated any kind of maturity thus far. Yeah, it's a delicate balancing act. And these kids' lives are already disrupted just because they got removed from their parents. You know, not so much my two-year-old because she's never known her biological mother. She met her once and she was asleep the entire time. So, (laughs) yeah, wow. Wow. You know, the 10-year-old, you know, going from into foster care at the age of four, out again at five, back into it at six and, you know, eight different placements before we got him. Yeah, I mean, that that's going to be rough. And there's a lot of, you know, just trying to unpack everything and just say, look, you know, what happened to you was screwed up. You're fine now. You're not in that situation anymore. You know, but uh, right it's, it's a process. You have to go. You have to go with it. Yeah. So, do you believe the state has an easier time preying upon parents in the society that surrounds us these days than they used to, and why? Yeah. the The drug war hasn't really helped anything. I, it, like I was saying earlier, I think it's just mission creep. Um, mm-hmm. So, if the government's going to use drugs as a way to to wedge in there and get some kids. Um, you know, they'll, they'll do that. Uh, I think before the drug war was even a thing, you know, the CPS might've been only relegated to someone who was like openly beating their kid in public or something. But, uh, and and even then I think those cases were probably few and far between, Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, just the sexual abuse or anything else. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough thing. And especially dealing with drug warriors out there who think that, uh, you know, the devil's lettuce is going to kill us all. Right. Devil's lettuce. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. As I like to say, you know, we have a, a T-shirt that says legalized recreational cocaine. And uh, it's like, I want to wear this around, but I know the blue hairs ain't ready to see this. Well, so. no. And then it, just go to school with that shirt on. You know, then yeah. the CPS will be calling on you. Again, uh, you know, you're no matter what you do. Yeah. So They kick the kids out of yeah, school, yeah. which is hilarious because they have to be in school or CPS gets called on you. It's exactly. very, very interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't wear that shirt to like, school. Yeah. Murder people so like parents with their own kids, they have yeah. to walk around on a knife's edge the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Eric, do you believe that there is a racial bias in the state-run family services? For example, in Texas, according to the Texas Department of Family Protective Services, they have a statistic in 2007 that African-American children are 1.7 times more likely to, to be reported to CPS than Anglo children. 
African-American children are 1.9 times more likely to be investigated. African-American children are 1.6 times more likely to be removed. Hispanic children are slightly less likely than Anglo children to be reported, investigated, or removed. And children of other ethnicities are 2.3 times more likely to be reported, but equally likely to be investigated or removed compared to Anglo children. Why? Why do you think this is going on? Yeah, and if that's a, a state-reported number, you already know that that's probably yep. not cor- not correct in any kind of way. Um, like here in Louisiana, there's a lot of African-American teenagers, and you know they usually age out of the system because nobody wants to take them. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that a racist thing? I don't know. Is it because they're teenagers and maybe there's different issues associated with it? Um, maybe, but... Uh, you have to look where the CPS offices are at. You know, ours is located downtown Baton Rouge, which is going to be a lot more African-Americans out there than they are out where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, they're going to be around cops more often because cops over-police that community, uh, as we saw, you know, in Ferguson, Missouri. Okay. You know, yeah. That makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah. And then again, drug war stuff, um, you know, there's going to be people out there because they lost their job because their minimum wage went up. And now the only thing that they can do to help keep mom's uh, uh, food rolling in is to go sell dope on the side. And so now your interactions with police are going to go way up. So, yeah, there may be a correlation with that. But, yeah, ultimately, I think it's uh, the state just it's an easy target for them. Uh, they're, They're already most of them are in the system. We'll just go after him a little bit harder and mm-hmm. and keep him down, you know. And my younger brother works at the um, at the food stamp office, and you know he used to be the hatchet guy. So anytime that uh, he would find out that dad was still living at home, he would have to cut their uh, their uh, food stamp money. Mm-hmm. So, wow. So yeah, there's all kinds of different and things. That is and, messed up too. That is, I mean, yeah. I'm sorry to jump in railing, but that is messed up too. Like, yeah. they incentivize not having a family. You know, yeah. if, if, if it dad's is like that, mm-hmm. you know, and if dad's living there, it's in mom's best interest to either hide dad or she leaves dad, you know, and yeah. she wants to have more kids because then she gets more money. And right. again, you have a bunch of fatherless children running around because the state has it's done completely this. completely engineered. It's a completely I think exploitative. It is too. I think it has too. I think it has too. And it wouldn't put it, I wouldn't put it past the state to do it. It it seems like they're being benevolent. And oh, we're so. Yeah, this isn't an accident. This is not an accident. Exactly. So, soccer mom Cindy, this isn't an accident. They do purpose. You know, like all this minimum wage laws, marriage licensing, all is racist laws. And it wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past them. Wouldn't put and, a pass and not only that, but we're we're also talking about um, we all own ourselves, and it, it comes down to if you see the amount of people that run away in foster care when they're teenagers, especially older teenagers, uh, older teenagers that feel like they are more worldly and they get out there and and start trying to make their own lives. Do you think that children in in foster care who want to emancipate themselves should be allowed to work at 14, 15, be able to get jobs? Should we make it easier for these young people who want to raise themselves at this point? They've already have emotionally and in many ways physically, sometimes in foster care, being the older children end up, you know, taking care of the other foster kids or the other children or, you know, um, there's less incentive for a lot of parents to take older foster kids. 
And it, they're not as cute and cuddly. They don't get to have them fresh and clean. I think that that's a big one for people. I mean, let's just get real right now. Should we make it easier for these kids who want to run away to instead of avoiding police and going to jail for not going to school, should we make it easier for them to graduate, get jobs, be able to handle themselves and, and integrate into society as self-owned people? Yeah, I think if we get to that point where we have a private owned, a privately owned system that the, you know, there'll be, you know, some kind of jobs training for those kids who are like, you know, 14 to 18, you know, just before they're supposedly aged out of the system mm-hmm. uh, to, to help them along. It's like, look, uh, we don't think adoption is going to happen at this point, but uh, here's some education will help you, you know, get get put on your feet. And a private system, uh, you couldn't imagine how many donations would come in for that kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah, any kind of corporation out there who wants to make them make their name look really good, they'll put a whole bunch of money into that. And even reparations of the parents who can't or won't take care of those kids. I mean, they're, they're, it, it, that's something that could be happening. Could we do that reform now? Is there an interim step between big, crazy government that we have now and the society that we want to see? Is this a potential step down? Is there a way that we can start making it easier for the transition and actually real life this a little bit more, even if it was a halfway house uh, with adult rules, kind of like they do with rehab. Yeah. Uh, Well, I would probably have to do some research on that. Uh, I'm imagining there's probably already uh, private organizations or some kind of charity that does it. There's a uh, church out here that works closely with the DCFS office. Uh, so every Christmas, you know, they have a ton of gifts for the, all the kids in foster care. Uh, and there's like a big celebration at their church and everything. So th- that kind of thing is already starting to happen. And for the older kids, uh, they kind of help uh, the church out uh, with, you know, keeping the little kids, uh, you know, just walking them around and stuff, playing yeah. with them, you know, setting up face painting. Yeah, the face painting's not all that great, but, you know, it, it was giving the, the older kids something to do while all the little kids got to run around. Right. Uh, so I can I can imagine there's uh, probably some charitable organizations out there that are that are helping the uh, the teenager aspect of it, that yeah. try and help them transition into you know being their own person. But here's the thing too, and I also look at children at a certain age when they're capable, they should have the right to leave their parents. Just that's what I'm saying. Up and yeah, and I think that's awesome. Yeah, and when they get to that level or that point where they don't need to need mom and dad or whoever and they're and they don't like them they should leave but when they leave they're responsible now for themselves they're responsible right. to feed themselves they're responsible for all these things and again we should be teaching people responsibility not that that the government is there to protect them for the rest of their lives and this is what we're doing we're feeding this message so we need a little bit more grit in our system and in our culture, and I think this is where we need to go. Okay, Raylene, prepare for landing. Roger that, Johnny. Seatbelts and shoulder harnesses. Your body, your choice. Landing gear and downward expanders. NAP initiated. Anti-state superchargers. Defragged and woke. Landing lights and guest websites. Eric Heiler, give us your .com, sir. Okay, so anchor.fm forward slash rebel with a cause. A uh, good way to, to find out what I'm doing with the podcast. Uh, subscribe any, uh, any of those podcasters if you want. I'm also pretty active on Twitter at EricTheRed79. Uh, not rebel with a cause, so it's uh, 
so the name that I chose on Twitter first, and that's it. that's just going to have to stay. And of course, you can always find me on Instagram, Rebel with the Cause Podcast, uh, and Facebook. Uh, as long as I can stomach it, uh, I'll be there. <laughs> right on, man. Well, thank hey, man, thank you so much for being here on the show. Really good conversation. It's stuff to actually think about. We don't have all the solutions, but we do know that the state shouldn't be involved. And I think that's exactly. what we're trying to bring to you guys is how can we privatize this? Anyway, so make sure you check us out on supportblastoff.com and what happens if, if they do, because really? I think that's a pretty great website, supportblastoff.com. Yeah, if you go to supportblastoff.com and subscribe, um, you, you can give us a dollar an episode and you can hear the after party where we put our guests on blast and they get to answer questions from listeners and you can do another another dollar and then get to all-nighter too, which was where Johnny and I talk about current events and what the hell's going on around us. That's right. That's right. Good stuff. Anyways, though, this is Johnny Rocket. We're going to talk to Mr. Eric Heiler on the after party. So again, subscribe for just a dollar an episode and we'll see you next week. Rock and roll.